The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player or situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Oh, my God, it's Monday already. It must be time. Hello, Matt Waldman. How are you today? Oh, Mr. 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 Harris. I'm pretty good. How was Alec Pierce, though? Uh, Alec Pierce, fuck that. Uh, look, I, I, don't like, I, I don't trust it, right? I don't trust the offense in general. I don't trust the workload, the timeshare. I mean, he was only on the field for what? He's splitting with Ashton, Ashton Doolin. I think they're looking at, uh, like, what, 32%, 45% snap share? I don't know. I don't feel like he's a front-end player. I think there's a lot of rookies I like better. Yeah, I, I'd say he's a guy that's going to get better as the season goes along, so I'm feeling it for monitoring him, but yeah, fuck it for... I feel for it as a dynasty, you know, and so I know I'm outside the loop on a lot of this, but a lot of the rookies I feel I feel like yeah, great as dynasty, right? Great in the long term, but in the shorter term, I'm looking for players who can contribute right away. And in this offense, I don't know what the hell it's going to be. Fuck this offense. Maybe that's what I'm saying. <laughs> See, I'm I'm a believer down the line, but I think, I think right now, yeah, you got to say that, and I think you can get him later. How about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Uh, I'm trading him now before the touchdown ruck runs out, runs out and he turns into uh, an invaluable commodity. I, I just don't see the, the workload has not been there. Yeah, right turn Clyde. Actually, left turn Clyde. I don't, I don't know which which turn Clyde, but all I know is that you're going to get punched in the face, basically, if you if you decide you're going to deal with Clyde. Because there's it's still a committee. You can still see that it's a committee. Right. And Andy Reid is still going to give opportunities to enough opportunities to other people that – this whole idea that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to do work for you inside, and and he's going to he's going to get some he's going to get some red zone looks, he's going to get some receptions, but it's not always going to turn like you said into touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, at the end of the year, it's probably going to look more like the end of last year, where Jeff McKinnon is out there getting getting all the work. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. All right, Jelani Woods, uh, C. Pierce, Alec. <laughs> yeah, totally believe in that it's C. Pierce, Alec on that one because. There's just there's too many possibilities in that offense, but no like confirmed candidates that we want to use other than Jonathan Pierce and Naeem Hines. Or right. Jonathan not Jonathan Pierce, Jonathan Taylor. Leave Alec, Alec Pierce out of this. Alec right, Pierce would him. like to be Jonathan <laughs> Pierce at this point. That might get him halfway to the production we want it's, to see regularly. It, you know, sometimes, especially, you know, in terms of fantasy tight ends, when you have three tight ends, you have no tight ends. And the Colts have three tight ends, and Woods was at the bottom of the playing time. Uh, pecking order in this one. He was just on the field for 16 snaps and two, th three targets, two catches, touchdown. What are okay. you, a Shaolin master or something? Three, uh, you have three tight ends, you have no tight ends, yeah. you know? Yeah, You're there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what about Devontae? No, let's let's not skip anybody. Let's Yeah, let's go. Let's skip to Devontae Parker since I already said his name. We'll go back. <clears throat> Well, I have to feel this because I'm so heavily invested in, uh, I have about uh, like every double digit round pick in some draft uh, includes Devontae Parker. Look, he's been productive in the past. I I think this game was obviously the outlier. I'm not excited that Mac Jones is not going to be around for a little while. I'm not excited by any of it. I'm not ready to drop him yet. So it's not a fuck him, but I ain't feeling it either. It was a great game. I'm happy I got it and the best ball shares will be paying off. I'd say, fuck it, get rid of it, try and figure out a way to do something with him that's going to be productive for you long term. Because when I watched that game, what I saw was a player who 
who feasted on some contested plays or some scheme plays to get him open against a defense in Davis Armour, the 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 young Baltimore <clears throat> corner. He's been giving up a lot. He's very generous yeah. right now. I'm just I'm not feeling I, that at all. I think what we should be feeling here is playing against Baltimore secondary. Yes, for right now. Yes, until that that unit gets healthy. Yes, Peters and Humphrey got to get got to get right, and until they are, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be exploiting this. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's gonna. Well, they're not playing Baltimore anymore, so I know that with you know find the next guy. That's what I'd say. Right, and I'm not sure I have a great deal of faith in Brian Hoyer. Uh, I'll do respect mm -hmm. to him. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. All right, Amari Cooper. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it because I mean. The, the Steelers linebackers may not be all that great, but the safeties and cornerbacks are. I think Jacoby Brissett and the offense have figured out how to, you know, how to use him. It's not just on verticals, you know, let him be the route runner that he's always been, which is, you know, you know, quick breaking routes, intermediate routes. They're letting him use the whole tree. And I think as a result of that, Brissett is a little better when you, you are actually allowing him to be a short and intermediate passer. Let me let me help you out here. So, like, you know, there was a time when we lived in caves and stuff as people, and there was a noise outside, and it might have been a mouse, but we assumed it was a saber-toothed tiger because why? That way we didn't get killed as easily. When we were drafting Amari Cooper, we were thinking, oh, he doesn't have the quarterback we wanted, so it's going to be the worst thing possible. No, Jacoby Brissett could actually, you know, cobble together a game on occasion, and what you said, the shorter and intermediate, routes that they're that he's able to thrive on is what they're focusing on so i'm feeling this as well and everyone who drafted him way later than he should have gone is going to benefit from it yeah without a doubt so are we feeling jacoby Brissett then as a result no, of i'm not i'm going that far let's <laughs> not get crazy or anything there's a lot of quarterbacks out there so uh no like i i feel like you know he's going to keep he's going to keep this offense semi on schedule and keep the components we're interested in the nick chubbs green hunts and david and joku's and mari cooper's uh, uh viable yeah, I think he can support basically two receivers, and that is the that is Cooper and Njoku at this point. Um, if he gets to the point where he's able to um, support a third receiver on a regular basis, then you want to buy into Jacoby Brissett, but I wouldn't sit there and monitor that heavily and waste a lot of time doing Correct. <laughs> well, then... LaVisca Chanel Jr. <laughs> I am not a truther. I'm not a truther. So I don't, you, you know, I don't watch college football. So I also am not a LaVisca Schultz truther. I have no idea what the hell he did in college. I don't care. I've seen him as a pro. And I see him in this game. And yes, the truthers are going to get very excited. No offense to you truthers out there. I get it. He's very athletic. All these things are great. Has all these skills. Also only on the field for what, eight to 11 snaps. And uh, it's a horrible offense. And, and so, you know, he there made, you have it. He made one dude miss, and then he had enough speed to – and speed isn't really his calling card. So on top of that, he made one dude miss, and then basically the pursuit didn't have angles to catch up with him at, after that. I, You know, until I see him running a ton of routes and getting a lot of opportunities – Or until Arthur Smith gets a hold of him and turns him into Cordero Patterson. That that true, that too. But the, the problem is Cordero Patterson's about 230-240 and true. doesn't get hurt. And True. LaVisca Chenault, you know, I think is is some sort of like um, some sort of other language or code name for hamstring or ankle <laughs> or rib or collarbone, you know. So, no. Uh, no, 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 no. So while, while we're on this Carolina offense, uh, the apple of my eye is always DJ Moore. I think he's like the leavening agent for risky rosters where you, you get that piece that you get in there. Kind of the Keenan Allen, the cheap Keenan Allen 
uh, that you can get in there. You know, you're not going to, you're going to get solid production. Where are we at on DJ Moore? Yeah, see that tone of voice change. You know where that's at because I love DJ Moore, but it's disappointing. But the reason this is a Baker Mayfield question. It is a Baker Mayfield tweet up and down, and that's yeah, fuck that, no way. Because you just look at you look at this offense, and DJ Moore is exactly the basically the thing that Baker Mayfield does worst, which is throw timing routes over the middle in in stride to his receiver when there's any type of coverage, whether it's a slant, it's an in, it's an over route. Unless the guy is standing there still and Baker Mayfield can hit him, you know, with a clean pocket, have fun with that because it's it's basically Odell Beckham all over again. And you know, next thing we know, DJ Moore's dad's going to be making a tape. We are uh, on the list of people not impressed with Baker Mayfield. I'm, Fair point. Yes, and I've been on that list since the beginning, and you know, and and I'll just say, um, you know, I'll just say that it's been it's been a long time coming here. I I just showed a I just showed a Twitter tweet of of all Browns fans who were training for, you know, you know the likelihood of getting a Baker Mayfield back in 2018, where they were basically kicking themselves in the groin and training for that. And I think that that's what I was saying about. The Packers this weekend is that they I had to implement that video again for Aaron Rodgers with his training video, but you know he had a little bit of success yesterday. But anyway, I digress. How about Khalil Herbert? Uh, I feel this uh, as long as David Montgomery's out, and we'll find out more about that. Got the knee and ankle injuries because the Chicago Bears have decided better to run a high school offense than to rely on the quarterback that the previous regime uh, drafted for them. So. Uh, whoever is at running back is going to be a very busy man. I'll take that volume. I always laugh when you know they ask, somebody asked Brandon Thord what will it take for Justin Fields to to turn into Jalen Hurts in terms of you know production, and he gave like a a whole long shopping list of things that needed to happen um, around him. But D, you know Khalil Herbert isn't part of that. He's a Dalvin Cook starter kit in terms of you know the skill sets that he has. And you saw it on display once again. And I mean, the moment you saw him do it against the top-ranked Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense last year, and render Damian Williams a free agent again, you know, very quickly, that that tells you all that you need to know about Khalil Herbert. He's for real. I'm going to ask you the next one because I already answered it. Darnell Mooney. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need to say. How about Josh Allen? No, not Josh Allen. Josh Reynolds. We know about Josh Allen. Uh, so. Uh, I want to both feel and fuck this, uh, which doesn't sound good. Um, like, you know, he's a starting wide receiver on an offense that throws the ball a hell of a lot. He gets a good target share. I mean, they start three wide, so he's out there. Uh, you know, I've been kind of all in on DJ Chark as, again, not a all-in play, but it's that double-digit receiver that looked like he'd have a good role. And I think weeks that are, that's going to pay off, and weeks I'm going to wish that that, that guy was Josh Reynolds. Uh, who does have a relationship with uh, Jared Goff, you know, some chemistry development during their time together with the Rams. So uh, I think, you know, look, nobody's playing him as a frontline player. You're hoping to avoid a zero on a bye week going forward. I'm feeling that. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's it's not a safe play. Both those guys, by the way, got more snaps than Amon Ross St. Brown yesterday because I think he, he, got, he got picked hurt. up his back or something. So, uh, But it's a pretty, it, you know, they're they're in threes all, almost all the time. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally feeling it as a as a bye week play. I actually I actually started him this week in a couple of leagues due to injuries to to starters that I already had. You know, guys like Chris Godwin or folks like that in dynasty leagues where I had you know I have a, a deep bench, 
And he was my first call starter because exactly what you said of the, the relationship that he has with golf and what he could, he's not going to win coverage against, you know, Patrick Peterson on a regular basis, which he didn't do last this past weekend. Um, but against zone against certain man coverage looks, especially where they allow him to use his height and his length, he does pretty darn well. So what about Irv Smith? Uh, everybody's summertime darling is right. now uh, the Hunter Henry starter kid. He's uh, just a touchdown dependent play junior. He, you know, not getting to, you know, not getting a ton of playing time. Getting enough playing time, right? But but Johnny Month is on the field a hell of a lot too, and gets targets. And there are plenty of other mouths to feed in that offense. So I mean, again, more of a streaming option now than a frontline player. The guy that I don't see him as the guy that we expected to break out last year, and then again this year. Yeah, I'm I'm just pretty much off him totally because I I he's talented. He whenever the, he gets an opportunity where he displays that athletic ability, he puts it into action. But the as problem as long as he is, catches the pass, as long as he catches the pass, that's right. And so there's just something there's something off with him that we don't know about because he was too good of a prospect for for this type of behavior. It's almost like he felt like he made it and now. He's barely hanging on. He's kind of like, like that me. government. Oh, like is I that what it, it is? I'm just hanging on. Are you a government employee, Bob? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I work with uh, some government How about employees. his teammate, KJ Osborne? Feel him or fuck him? Oh, see, we're skipping that one. Um, How about KJ Osborne? I'd say, no, fuck that. I need to see a little bit more proof. I think really all that was was that I'm feeling Jeffrey Okuda and what he did against Justin Jefferson this weekend. And K.J. Osborne basically earned a, a, a game-winning play against a cornerback or a, a defensive back who got beaten badly and vastly overreacted. So what about Tyler Conklin, former Viking? Okay, now, okay, yeah. I want to take a little credit here. Let me let me take a little victory lap here. Okay. Uh, yes, feeling it for what he is, right? I mean, you know, nobody should get overly excited here. There is an entire universe of tight end twos and streaming options available. We say that every year and every year it's, you know, you're one of 11 other uh, managers in your league chasing the prime streaming options. Maybe he's one that's a little off the radar. Probably won't be after this week. Caught all eight of his targets. That's great. We'll see what happens when Zach Wilson comes back. But this one's been coming on since the summer. We saw this uh, this summer, all the Jets beat, writer, beat writers I talked to through August said, no, so, you know, we're, we're asking about CJ Uzama and they're going, no, you're asking about the wrong guy. It's going to be Tyler Conklin. Pass me the baton, brother. Pass me the you baton. Got it. There we go. I'm going to take my lap too because definitely this was a guy that I liked at, in Minnesota when he came out of, um, you know, Central Michigan. Very good player in terms of being able to win routes. Had a wide receiver type of um, skill set. Always liked him. You could see that he overshadowed <clears throat> Irv Smith down the line. And then even by the end of the season, if you didn't believe either of us, you should have listened to the former Jet Scout who's been writing about camp all summer and saying Tyler Conklin was the, probably the find in free agency for that team. And you can right. see how, and Just, how just before playing. we go too far here, and uh, you know, I want to use the line Winston Wolf line from uh, Bolt Fiction, but I won't. Um, the uh, We're talking about a tight end too, people, a streaming option. Yes, we're very yeah. self-congratulatory when we discover these. So, well, it's Monday. Yeah, it's Monday morning <laughs> and we're, we're bleary-eyed. So, exactly. Garrett Wilson. Okay, let's go, Mr. Rookie Scouting Portfolio. 
Yeah, I'm totally feeling it. And it's and you know, as really more of like a wide receiver three or a flex play, because he's gonna have up and down weeks and we're gonna be worried about what Zach Wilson does when he gets back into the lineup. With Joe Flacco, it's gonna be fine, but they're featuring him a lot in the slot. So as a result of that, he's getting a lot of two-way goes where he can use that tremendous athletic ability. And then in the red zone, they use him on fade routes where he can jump over people. Um, they're, they've figured out what to do with him as a rookie right now, and it's working just fine. So I tend to have a blind spot for rookies. Not all rookies. Uh, you know, I'm a big Drake London guy and have been going into the season and feel really great about that. But but in general, in redraft, I tend to have a blind spot. And I know our friend Dwayne McFarland, who's one of the smartest guys in the business, uh, took me down on Twitter. Not me personally, but just mentioned that rookie wide receivers are the cheat code, right, uh, last night. Because they're, they are playing extremely well. So I need to fix my blind spot. We'll see what Garrett Wilson does with the other Wilson uh, Zach uh, under center instead of Joe Flacco. Maybe it'll be greater. I don't know what their chemistry is or isn't. Maybe it'll take some more time to get them back on track. We'll find out about all that. But but my blind spot is going away. Well, that's cool. Well, how about how about veterans who basically do nothing but play well on special teams and get cameo appearances and then suddenly pop up after what year seven or year and future six? coaches? From yeah. what I'm told. Yeah, Mac Collins. <laughs> Uh, I I am not feeling this, Uh, you know, and and I'm not feeling this probably like Josh McDaniels did not feel his his closed door meeting with Mark Davis uh, after yesterday's game, which delayed his press conference. That'll be great. Uh, Probably Matt Collins was one of the few bright spots that they had to talk about. Look, you know, there was no Hunter Renfro. I think that may probably opened up some targets and, and and like he'll be a part of this offense. I mean, he's a starting wide receiver for this offense. There's, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I don't think you should be expecting uh, this kind of production on the weekly. No, but I'm starting to feel him as a bi-week option based on what sure. he's done, even with Hunter Renfro in the lineup. And based on the fact that he was able to make clutch catches, multi, you know, he made two clutch catches in this game. And one of them was a vertical route down the uh, on the boundary where he literally tracked it over his head. Yeah, that one was of the just, hardest catches to make. Yeah, beautiful play. Let's I'm, let's talk about the best receiver. Him. Stop it. Best, let's get to the best receiver of the day, Derrick Henry. Uh, look, <laughs> look, man. So like, I, I don't want to get. A, I want to go overboard on this, right? But I mean, you know, the, the levels of angst and panic when the guys we invested early picks in. Uh, is insane and we've talked about this I think every week what what is this week is not going to be next week and that's not to say Derrick Henry is going to be the best receiver among all the running backs on the planet earth uh, going forward but he can't catch the ball it seemed to open up the offense a little bit are you feeling Derrick Henry right now I'm hiding behind something big when I say this because I'm afraid of Derrick Henry but I'm uh, I'm I'm feeling him as a matchup play but that's about it because I was asked this last week on a show, on a different show, and I said, Derrick Henry is not cooked. Derrick Henry is not washed up. He still looks like the same old Derrick Henry. His line is the problem. And it and, just got worse this and week. it just so. got worse this week. And they played a team that you can get healthy against in the it's Raiders. True. And you kind of saw that lying. coming. So I'm, I'm not – fuck I'm, him I'm, as a starter – Feeling it as a bye week option or a fl- get out of here. He'll a, be fine, everybody. A, volume will be a, there. They've got the volume dialed in. He'll I'm, get something I'm done feeling, for you and fall into the end no, zone no, on occasion. That. I'm feeling him totally as a as a matchup play. When he starts to play some difficult defenses, I hope you found somebody else. 
and it's going to be tough because most of you aren't going to aren't going to feel that and you're going to start him and you're going to be disappointed that's all i'm saying and it has nothing to do with him i'm telling derek <laughs> i'm telling derek <laughs> I don't like those Bama guys anyway, you know. Ah, there we go. He's, he's no Trent Richardson, sir. <laughs> he is no Trent Richardson. That's right. There we go. How about Robert Woods? Uh, I'm feeling Robert Woods being Robert Woods, right? A, a great downfield blocker, which will keep him on the field. Uh, and uh, there are going to be games where he catches some passes. I think, you know, relying on any of these Tennessee receivers. Although, I will say the one that I love, Derrick Henry, looked great yesterday. Uh, but also, <laughs> you know, not to not to belabor the point, but it did seem to open things up. Uh, you know, a few passes to Derrick Henry seemed to open things up for uh, for the other players uh, there as well. But but I'm not a keen uh, uh, not a keen uh, buyer in uh, keen buy in on any of these t- uh, Titans wide receivers. I'll buy in early on Robert Woods because I believe they're going to have to throw the football to, to to stay in games. And as long as Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starter, I'm good with Robert Woods. If the rumblings are for Malik Willis, then I, I'm worried about that. That's the big trap door with Robert Woods. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not in. I'm not in. You're not. I in. mean, I'm in because I drafted him some. I probably have kind of like, you know, but I mean, it was just the point where they're, you know, you know how you're in a draft, you're going, I don't love anybody. I mean, there's somebody I think that, like, is really super competent and a solid professional. Okay, Robert Woods fits the bill. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, I mean, I, we'll, we'll have fun with this one. We're going to revisit the Titans, I have a feeling, on a weekly basis. Oh, I'm sure. When it comes to this one. So what about Devin DuVernay? Like, again, I'm feeling this for what it is. It's the ancillary piece that's going to rise up any given Sunday and deliver some points and you predicting when that's going to happen is going to leave you frustrated and out of sorts. See, see, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not with you on that one. I'm, that's I, okay. it's, yeah, I know. I, I feel like you can predict where it is now because I think we see what Isaiah likely is. He's a gadget piece. Now I think Devin Duvernay is the real deal. Now that doesn't mean that he's a high volume, real deal. No, but if you, I think he's one of your first call, bi-week options or, or first call guys that when someone's hurt because he is getting enough of volume i think to justify using him it's not until gonna... there's a demarcus robinson week i'm there's no demarcus <laughs> robinson week there is no this is not i don't know what myth what i don't know what myth there is we're gonna call it the demarcus robinson myth okay <laughs> the james prochet week the james pro that's it he belongs in the pro james prochet week and the and the you know the kid from fuck Oklahoma it I just State. made my point the we're time, moving on Jahan Dotson Jahan Dotson there might be we might be talking about a Jahan Dotson week at this point too as much as I like what his skills are about um you know he's got to be mad there they want to match him up in specific situations for him to win but I think he's he's truly the third or fourth option in this offense. And when Logan Thomas gets healthy, he might end up being the fourth or fifth option um, as we go. So, no, nah, I fuck that. I love I, uh, so, I'm feeling him, but fuck that. Feeling him. And, and I'm feeling the coaching staff here for scheming these guys into really great spots. All of them, right? Yeah. I- including Dotson, who, you know, again, was the primary read on some of those touchdowns that he has scored this year. I wish he would have caught more of his targets this past week. But there's too many mouths to feed there for Carson Wentz to, to deal with. So, I'm with you in general. Travis Etienne. 
I'm leaning junior. I, yeah, to begin the season it was fuck it, and then as or before the season it was kind of like fuck that, and then during the season at least early on I'm thinking okay I could see how he might have a role in this, but it's James Robinson time. If based on if you drafted Travis Etienne at the price that he's at, fuck that because it's where well, you're gonna have to feel force yourself to feel it. I guess. Um, you know, on some level, you're going to be eating the cost on him. That's all I can say. I think he's, I think he's an ancillary piece to this offense that they scheme open, but he's not going to be as worthwhile as say Curtis Samuel, who gets schemed everywhere. I think that Etienne is that guy that's going to give you high lows. And if you're in a best ball league, he's great. If you're in a regular league, it, you know you're going to try and play matchups with him, and that means that you're looking for situations where the games are close. If the game's going to be close, Etienne's going to give you value. If you think that the Jaguars have an opportunity to be ahead, and the Jaguars are pretty good this year, I think. I think they're actually going to be in play for a wild card this year as at least competing for it towards the end. They may not get it, but they're going to come close, and that means James Robinson is the guy that you should be feeling here. Yeah, I'm feeling James Robinson as well. Sorry, Travis. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, I think better days are coming, Matt. I'm, you know, fuck him this week. And probably we all should have going to this game the way they slow rolled him back. Uh, you know, in the Patriots matchup was not ideal. Uh, but going forward, I mean, there's something to be said for the second best running back who also isn't a quarterback on this offense, right? Yeah, I would say so. And certainly Ravens fans will be talking about Justice um, Justice Hill, who looked very explosive. Yeah, he's looked good. He's explosive. He's going to be the compliment to J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins looked good in his first start. When you watch, there's one play where he makes a terrific spin move off of a cut. He looked very confident in terms of his ability. There was no limping or faux limping or anything that might indicate limping that will get J.K. Dobbins mm -hmm. mad at at Twitter once again in the summer. I think J.K. Dobbins is ready to roll, and we'll start to see that unveiling right. over the next two to three weeks. Twitter's going to be uh, chasing me anyway for calling Lamar Jackson a running back, so come get it. <laughs> I didn't do that, really. He's a really good quarterback who runs well. He's... Same with Josh Allen. It's okay. <laughs> well, what about what about Tua? Tua Tagovailoa, <laughs> and not him in general, but what happened at the end of the half where he falls, lands on, you know, hits the back of his head and he's basically out on his feet and, and like nearly falls down after he gets up to try and jog off on the sideline. What do you, are you feel? Are you feeling the fact that he got back in that game or are you like, fuck that business? This, you know, with Matt, this is not here. the concussion you're looking for. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa played great. You know, yeah. He did play great in the second half. Look, I'm not going to jump to some conclusions based on what I saw. They have a story. They're going to stick to it. There's going to be an investigation. There is a unaffiliated neurological specialist there who has to sign off on all this, you know, and I'm sure that'll be part of the investigation. And we'll see. He claims it was back. I claim BS on that, uh, otherwise known as bullshit. It did not look like his back to me. Uh, but I'm not a I'm not a doctor and I wasn't examining him. So I'll give everyone the benefit of the doubt until they get it figured out. But would it be totally shocking uh, if an NFL team uh, eager to win an important game uh, took some chances with a player? Uh, no. Would it be shocking that the that the NFL, who seems to monitor every game and really enjoys merchandise sales and is very keen about its TV money, that that corporate welfare that they get, 
on a regular basis because obviously stadiums are almost free for them, for their owners anyway, would be hypersensitive about a quarterback being lost for the week in a division, uh, at a tight division game, the game of the week. Now that's that's the conspiracy conspiracy theory side of it for me, but I'm with you. I'm I'm more than willing to see what the what the independent neuro, neuro you know. I I don't, right, I, mean, I don't even know people... if I want to call him what he what his title is. Right. Is he the so, independent like, independent? I don't know if that's true. They call yeah. it unaffiliated, so I don't know if it's independent or it might might have is had his uh, Dan Marino jersey on. Yeah, is he unaffiliated <laughs> with his medical medical degree? Is that where his medical uh, degree is from? Might, might, might be a Dolphins fan, entirely possible if he's located in that area. But you know, we'll find out going forward more about this. But uh, honestly, it seemed a little odd to me, and uh, and I don't find a lot of things odd. I just kind of accept things for what they are. And what this does look like is uh, they were in a super important game and felt like they needed to win. And also, I suspect they saw what uh, Teddy Two Gloves was doing there for him uh, in that brief uh, moment we saw him, and it wasn't great. Well, I was about to feel Skylar Thompson, but that that's another I story have for a another dynasty time. shares and I blame you. That, well, you should blame me. Keep blaming me for the next next year or two and you're going to be thanking me. I'm telling you that. But, you know, of course, I don't think you're strange, but I know I am. So, maybe that that's probably part of the thing. But hopefully y'all enjoyed our strangeness. Um whoever was listening in. I Let's go. Know. We got work to do. Get out yeah, of here. All right. I'll love you. Goodbye. Bye.